Ross Ramsey is executive editor of the Texas Tribune. Glad he can join in with us. How are you, Ross? I'm doing fine. Everything's great. Uh, There's a primary in a week. I'm I'm in high cotton. Yeah, you know, it's never really slowed down after session, did it? You never got a break. No, we never we never got that post session break. It never happened. Yeah. Hmm. So it's you know it, the worst the. The best thing that can happen to people in the news business is that there's news, though, so I'm not going to complain. Well, and there's plenty of it. This uh, Senate race, Beto O'Rourke is, quote, stomping Cruz. That's what the headlines say in the last fundraising report. What do you make of that, Ross? Why is Beto outperforming Cruz? I think there are a couple of reasons. You know, he's the only exciting thing really going for the Democrats right now. They've got some races here and there, but he's the the banner race such as it is. He's also running against a guy who ran for president, and when you run for president, you make friends all over the country and you make enemies all over the country, and O'Rourke has gotten um, some interest from Democrats all over the United States who would like to uh, twist Ted Cruz's nose. Okay, so do you think this is indicative of how the race is going to go? I mean, does fundraising equal victory? No, really, in Texas, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get enough money together so that voters know who you are. You know, if you start with a bunch of name ID, like if your name, this happened a few years ago when George P. Bush ran for the land commission in Texas, he started with 5 or $6 million worth of built-in name ID. Uh, Beto O'Rourke doesn't do that. Uh, Ted Cruz does. So O'Rourke has to raise enough money to tell people who he is and what he's about to even be in a race with Ted Cruz, and then we can talk about, you know, whether... It's a Democrat, uh, a year where it's possible for a Democrat to win, or whether it's, you know, Ted Cruz is safe. Uh, it looks like O'Rourke is going to be able to raise enough money to at least make this a race on paper. So those are that's a general race. Let's talk about primary races. Your latest piece, you talk about hot races across the state. Tell us what you're watching in the primary. You know, there are uh, several races. You know, the couple races at the statewide level, which I didn't think, I, you know, I wouldn't have predicted at the beginning of the year, but uh, Sid Miller, the agriculture commissioner, and George P. Bush, the land commissioner, are both in races where, you know, they could get pushed into runoffs. We, we did some polling here with the University of Texas, and the way we ask our poll is in the first round you say, would you vote for Sid Miller or Trey Blocker or Jim Hogan, or haven't you made up your mind? And 60% of the voters, the Republican primary voters, in that first question said, I haven't made up my mind, which is, you know, trouble sign. It's not terrible, but it's trouble sign for an incumbent. Your voters ought to be with you. So when we said, you know, well, if you had to vote today, how would you vote? In that question, Miller went over 50%, uh, but just to 54, and, you know, I would call it an uncertain race. Similarly, in the race for land commissioner, George P. Bush, 44% of the people in the Texas Republican primary said, they weren't sure who they were going to vote for. Asked who they'd vote for today, 57% said Bush. But again, that's the kind of numbers that you look at and you go, you know, that could put a guy in a runoff. That's an unusual situation for a top-of-the-ticket, you know, or a, or a statewide Republican in Texas. A bunch of Senate races in, you know, of course, the Kel Seliger race up in the panhandle. Uh, Mike Cannon from Midland and Victor Leal from Muleshoe. Uh, that's been a tough race. A lot of the um, the combination of social conservatives and geographical differences have put um, Seliger on the target list for a couple of groups. Uh, 
Uh, he looks pretty good in that race from here, but you never know what's going to happen. We'll know on you know Tuesday night of next week. A couple other Senate races around the state and a number of House races around the state. And then when you get to Congress, there are eight open seats in Texas, which is um, wow. really unusual in a non-redistricting year. The money is sucked up then. Uh, that yeah, there's a lot of money out there. Uh, tell me, I want to go back to the ag race. I think the wild card there, um, my own view, I, I don't see Jim Hogan running away with that race by any means. But it, so far as starting a, being the key for there being a runoff, um, how is Hogan looking in those numbers? You know, he gets up around twenty percent, which really? is enough to push it into a runoff. You know, if you if you if you push if you mash the numbers around, they're very soft. I mean, if you've got sixty percent of the voters saying in the first question they haven't made up their mind, and you say, "Well, if you had to, what would you do?" That's not exactly the same as here's who I'm going to vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Jim Hogan, even though hardly anybody knows him, he's been on the statewide ballot before. And that's, you know, that's what people in politics call a good ballot name. It just looks good on a ballot, and if you don't know anything, you might go eeny, meeny, miny, mo and land there. I'll take Hogan. You know, I called him, and, you know, we're trying to set up a, a thing in that race, that ag commissioner race. And I called right. Hogan, and, and he said to me, Ross, no, I'm not interested in race. I'm gonna, I can't give you the exact quote because I don't have it right in front of me, but I wrote it down, and it was something essentially that said, I'm not doing any radio, I'm not doing any TV. If people want to know me, they can read about me in the newspapers. And that was his his whole shtick is, you know, that's a brand that works, and it's worked for me before. And I suppose if you want to, if you want me on TV or the radio, you'll have to come and tell me is you got to come to Cleburne, and you got to meet my friends and my neighbors, and have them tell you about me, and then I'll talk with you on your on your airwaves. He said it worked for him before. He did not get elected. <laughs> well, but he outperformed every Democrat on the ticket, right? He, he did pretty well, but he did not get elected. So. Yes. Well, uh, you mentioned these poll numbers. Uh, University of Texas and uh, Texas Tribune do these polls together. And you did a piece on uh, pro-immigration. Texans are pro-immigration with caveats. Why are we pro-immigration and what are those caveats? Uh, you know, Texans are not nearly as... Um, anti-immigrant as some other places around the country. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do, you know, this shows up time after time in some of our polls. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, we've got more than half the Mexican border in this state, and we have, you know, to a large extent, a different understanding of how these two cultures bang up against each other. And if you ask Texans, you know, we asked a bunch of different questions. We said, um, do you want a wall on the Texas border? Overall, it was 45% support it, 50% oppose it. Republicans are strongly for it. Democrats are strongly against it. But overall, the state split on that one. Um, when you say, what about this DREAMers program where immigrant children brought over uh, by their parents and raised here, educated here, some of them have served in the military, what if they've gotten high school degrees, they've stayed out of trouble, or they served in the military should there be a way for them to stay in the country. 61% of Texans say they would continue that program. Um, 88% of Democrats were for it, and only 8% say it should be ended. Republicans are slightly against it, but not strongly against it. 36% say it should be continued. 51%, a majority, say it should be ended. 13% don't know. And then when we asked, you know, we were curious about, do you think that the United States 
admits about the right number of legal immigrants. Um, 42% of Texans said we admit too many, sort of a Goldilocks question. 15% said too few, 30% said it's about right. So you can read that however you want. Either um, 70% said either about right or too many, about 45% said about right or too few. So what do you make then of Cruz, just in analysis, Ted Cruz, being so being so assertive on the dreamers and, and not moving on that. I mean, he must not be guided by polls in, in his stances here. Well, he's not guided by a poll of all Texas voters. He is guided by a poll of Republicans. You know, that's where, you know, 51% ding, is, ding. is skinny. Yeah. But um, 51% of Republicans say you should end that program. 36% say you should keep it. That's not real strong, but it's, you know, it's where Ted Cruz has been on those issues. And it's where, um, you know, he as a, as a candidate feels safe on those issues. Hmm. You think that there's going to be a overthrow of the You think a lot of Democrats are going to be voting in the Republican primary? I, you know, there's always a talk about that and, or talk about, you know, when Obama and Clinton were running back in 2008 of Republicans voting in the Democratic primary. I think some probably do, but I, I think most stick to their own primary. You know, there are a lot of races up and down the ballot where people in both parties are defending incumbents from their parties, um, you know, in House races, Senate races, sheriff races, all kinds of things like that. And I don't know that a lot of um, people are going to switch just to mess with the other party. There are a couple of races here where, you know, one party or the other might want to go over and and tweak tweak the other party's nose, but I think... uh, this doesn't look like a year um, where there's a lot of that going on. Okay, so what do you think is the big story going into the rest of the week? You know, I think it's you know certainly the um, early voting. The numbers have been pretty high. It's impossible to tell whether the early voting means that voters are more interested or whether they're just interested early. You can't tell from here whether the people voting early, and the numbers are up all over the state in the big counties, but you can't tell whether the people who are voting early are people who would have voted on Election Day and just thought it was more convenient, or whether that means there will be more voters overall. Um, it's just really hard to read. But it is interesting, and I think as we go through Friday of this week when early voting ends and into Tuesday of next week when we get the final votes, that's certainly going to be one of the storylines. Are you a voter, Ross? Uh, not in primaries. Okay. Um, right. I vote all the time, but I don't vote in primaries you know, my view better for me as a political columnist not to take side. Wow. Okay. We can have a, that's a long argument. Yeah. Well, probably, that probably makes, invo- makes perfect involve sense. Some, might involve some drinking. So are you, <laughs> just <laughs> let me know. Uh, so do you, do you early vote or do you, are you an election day guy? You know, I like election days, but you know, early voting is great. If you, you know, if it makes it more convenient, you know, there's something to be said for, letting people vote when they want to for allowing it to be a convenience thing there's something to be said i think also for um making a big deal out of it having a big day where everybody goes and votes and it's you know we don't have the fourth of july for two weeks um you know i can kind of argue this either way there are scholars who can argue it either way i'm not sure expanding early voting um increases the vote and i'm not sure that uh, shortening early voting would cut into the vote, but a lot of people have really strong opinions both ways. Hmm. 
I'm going to think about your theory or your practice of not voting in primaries. I haven't done it, you know, in um, a long, long time. And, you know, uh, sometimes it makes it easier to win an argument. <laughs> there it is. Well, he is at Ross Ramsey on Twitter. And you can check him out at texastribune.org. Thank you, Ross. Always a pleasure, man. We'll talk to you next time.